Let me entertain you. Welcome to another episode of Let Me Entertain You, where I take you inside the minds of musical theatre. Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella has arrived at the Cine Lyric Theatre, and I was thrilled to sit down with resident director Luke Joslin. Luke is a Green Room and Helpman Award winning actor and has successfully moved behind the scenes as director, working on such shows as the national tour of Shrek the Musical, and he was nominated for a Helpman Award for his direction of In the Heights. To learn a little bit more about the musical, we begin the interview with some highlights from the media call of Cinderella, with Luke speaking with producer John Frost. Without further ado, my guest, Luke Joslin. One, two, three, four. I'm now going to bring out Luke Joslin, who is the director of Cinderella. And Luke, um, he's, he's very dressed up, which I'm very impressed about. That's good, Luke. Come out, come out. This is Luke. Luke is going to take you through the scenes of the show that we're going to show everybody. Now, let's just talk about you for a little bit. Well, you know, you were, you were an actor. Yes. And you still do a little dabbling here and there, but now you've grown up and you're doing big, glossy Broadway musicals like this one. Yes, yes. It's, well, it's terrific. I mean, to work on something like this is great, John. It's, been, it's, it's what I've always wanted to do, really. I mean, I, I enjoyed acting, don't get me wrong, but this is, uh, this is what I love doing, really. And this is a pretty special cast. They are, they're a great cast. <laughs> Some of the fun, fun facts and figures. So there's 300 costumes. 300 co costumes in, in, in entirety. Um, two magnificent ball gowns worn by the show's title character. The costume designer is William Ivy Long. The, tr the transformation changes are top secret. Top secret. Uh, but a lot of magic goes into them, believe me. Um, Ella and the fairy godmother do all of these transformational changes on stage. And we have nine dressers who help with over 100 quick changes in this show. Four wiggies who help with 57 weeks. We have 57 weeks in this show. Uh, our director's name is Mark Brockow. Our choreographer is Josh Rhodes. Um, Douglas Carter Bean wrote the book. And of course, Rogers and Hammerstein wrote the magnificent lyrics and music. Uh, we also have an orchestra of how many, Simon? 13. 13 in the pit, ladies and gentlemen. And might I, I might add as well that um, it's been a pleasure to uh, be with you this afternoon. It's been a pleasure to work on this show. I enjoy it immensely every night. So thank you so much. Well, here we are at Rogerson Hammerstein's Cinderella here at the Sydney Lyric Theatre, and I have the Australian director, Luke Joslin. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> now, I said to you, mm. I saw you... Um, performing as the evil villain That's right. for Bonnie Lithgow's Jack and the Beanstalk 3D, 3D pantomime. Pantomime, sorry. <laughs> 3D pantomime spectacular, yeah. It's true. I think that was one of my. In fact, I, think, I was just thinking then whether that was my last appearance on stage. Really? I think it might have been. Oh, wow. I think it might have been. That was the last. 
sort of last roll of the dice for me as a as a performer. So yeah. before making the the jump into this this world, the backstage world. Wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, I think that was that was kind of yeah. I remember clocking that at the time that it was the, one of the last. Did you know? Did you plan that? I kind of did plan it. Yeah, I kind of did plan it because I thought it. it this is sort of my age. If I if I don't jump now, yeah. I may miss the boat. Yeah. And there was a little bit of momentum around at the time. Um, uh, you know, John Frost was looking for a, a resident director for one of his shows, and I and he was kind enough to sort of approach me and, and ask whether mm. um, I'd be keen to do that. And, mm. and so I I made the jump um, oh. because I'd planted that seed many years before. I'd always wanted to move into directing, mm. something that I thought. I could do, I could do well. Um, although I did well as an actor, I always thought I could do better as a director. So that's that's why I'm here. What has been the biggest challenge moving from acting on stage to directing? Do you think? Well, directing, you know, it, it depends because I think we were just talking before about directing and, and being a resident director and what the difference is. Directing a show, it's your vision, it's 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 your concept. You're there from the beginning. Um, in the grassroots phase, you know, nutting out the, what the show is going to be, what your vision is going to be. The resident director, who is engaged by the director to look after the show on their behalf. So quite often an overseas director will come in, they'll do the show and then they'll, they'll disappear and the resident director will look after the show on their behalf and give updates, reports. Quite quite often I, I still speak to Mark Brockow, who is the original director of this. Um, in fact, I spoke to him this morning. So we're always chatting about what's going on, how's the show looking. Um, I also go to him for various advice at times. Um, so, so, so getting back to your question, the challenges, well, it's, it's, an, it, it, it's an enormous responsibility. And ultimately, you know, you're in, you're in charge of the, the overarching sort of vision of, of the show because it does, you know, each city we move into, it, it, the show does change over the, over the course of time. You know, over 100, 200 performances, performances change. Sometimes we, we get a new actor come into the mix. Um, an actor might have to leave, a new actor comes in, so that's a challenge as well. So, so there are many, many departments that you're kind of not overseeing, but you're sort of, you know, you're sort of... Um, Creatively, you're sort of, I guess, it's your responsibility to ensure that, that whatever the various departments are doing, it serves the story we're trying to tell. And, and that's kind of your role, to well, ensure that that's, that's always, you know, present and maintained. Well, we do have a different actor. We have a Nicholas Hammond, who was in the original Sound of Music, which yep. is that Rodgers and Hammerstein's movie with Julie Andrews. That's right. And he's playing the Chancellor. He is playing the Chancellor, Sebastian. So Sebastian sort of took over the role of, of, of I guess, de facto, you know, sort of ruler of the of the kingdom before Prince Topher was was old enough to then become, you know, the the, the king himself. Um, yeah, look, Todd McKenney was our was our um, Sebastian in Melbourne, and then we had a we had a we had Nick come in and replace Todd. Very different, both very different, and um, and they both bring something really unique to to, to, to the role, um, and that's kind of part of the thrill is that you you. You know, each new actor that you you work with, they bring something entirely different to it. Um, and Nicholas is 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 is, is marvellous in this, and equally Todd was marvellous too, for different reasons. But um, so we're very lucky to have him. Yeah, he's terrific and a lot of fun. What is Cinderella, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella about? 
Well, it's a little bit of a sort of a modern twist on the original tale, I guess, is, is, is the best way to put it. Ella is very much in control. In, in this story, in our story, Ella is very much in control of her own destiny, um, as opposed to her needing the prince. The prince in our story essentially kind of needs her as much as she maybe, need, maybe needs him. You know, she's looking, yes, she's looking for the right guy, for love, but he's, you know, he's looking for a pathway. He's looking for some insight, I guess. Um, and that's what Ella does. Ella sort of awakens him to this sort of new way of thinking uh, that better serves the kingdom he's trying to rule in the long run. And so that's kind of that's kind of the, the, the difference, you know. It's, it's, it's a, it is a modern twist, and it, it's got a lovely message at its core, which is that you know she she basically is in she's in control of 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 her own choices and what she wants, and um, and it's it's a great message I think for all the young the young uh, little girls and, and and well it doesn't matter they can be little girls they can be you know they can be teenagers you know I, I often say it's the age range age range is seven to seventy there's something in it for for that age range. And um, it's a great, it's a great message, particularly for the younger generation, to to sort of see this story play out on stage. I think they get something from it. I hope they do. Yeah. Does that make? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, the idea of Cinderella is a, a fairy tale. It's been done so many times over yeah. years in movies. Yeah. Yeah. The original Disney, obviously. Yeah. What is different in this one that sets it apart? Well, I think what's I think what's different is that you know it, it is that we, we sort of we've sort of shifted the story a little because you know the original Cinderella does have this sort of story at its heart, at its core rather. Um, you know, we, we've kind of got Sebastian in the mix, who's you know I think he's sort of a relatively minor character in the original story. Topher's parents, Prince Topher's parents, have passed away. They're no longer with us. Um, they passed you know they passed away a long time ago. And that's when Sebastian takes over the reins, or basically says to Topher's parents, "Look, I promise that when you when you pass away, that I will look after this boy. I will raise him." So there's little sort of shifts there, um, but but I think primarily the the main shift is what I sort of said before, which is the the dynamic between the Ella and the Topher relationship. You know, it's not sort of all one sided. It's 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 very uh, it's on an even keel here, and there's something that they learn from each other and I think that's very important you know particularly in 2022 that we we sort of highlight that that we tell these stories in a you know in, in the correct way in the proper way and um, and that's kind of I guess the main the main the main difference is I mean look the, the book is written by Douglas Carter Bean who wrote Xanadu Sister Act you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that he wrote it's a very very good book um, and it's funny it's insightful. It's um, it has moments of high drama, you know. So there's a little bit of there's there's there's, there's something in it for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's a classic Rodgers and Hammerstein. It is a classic Rodgers and Hammerstein, and the score is lush, and the lyrics are, are beautifully constructed. So yeah, we're very lucky to. I, I, I you know in many ways I think it's the perfect musical, you know, because it's got this great sort of book. Um, and this beautiful Rodgers and Hammerstein music, and some of the songs in this are just, just beautiful. Do you, you have know. a favourite? Look, Loneliness of Evening, I always go to that number, Loneliness of Evening, which is a number that is sung by Topher in Act 2 when he's trying to find Ella. Ella has 
has run away from him mm. and he's he's so struck by this by this earlier encounter that he just can't he can't think about anything else and mm. he's he's asking the moon to guide him you know where is she show me where she is this beautiful beautiful girl um and it's a beautiful song you know and it's just classic rogers and hammerstein so yeah that would probably be look there are many great songs but that would be my favorite are you an actor's director i'd like to think so you know i like to think that i am um i certainly i certainly um like to direct everybody I think that's the one thing that I, I've managed to do well over the years is that I, nobody's left behind. And sometimes that's painstaking. Sometimes it's exhausting for everybody. But everyone up, 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 up on stage, no matter who they are, what they're doing, should have a reason for being there. And they should know why they're there. And, and you know, to have that point of view and to, to know the story we're trying to serve at that time. Yeah, I, I think... I think I am. I hope I am. I certainly aim to be. Um, and I think, but I think it's that. I think it's that broader way of working that that I mean, an audience may not necessarily be able to articulate it, but I think once they see that kind of nuance in the ensemble and 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 all these different wonderful eclectic characters, not just you know, not just chorus standing there, mm. you know, waiting for their next exit you know that they're invested in the story they're trying to tell so they know who they are why they're there that sets it apart from perhaps other other shows that you know that they leave the theater going wow that was really well told and i really cared about everybody and i really got what this story was trying to say so i think that's kind of it for mm. me is that it's it's i tend to direct the entire company each individual person. It can be painstaking, but that's that's what that's what I aim to do. Do you help the character? Do you help the actors with their characters' backstory? We we yeah. Look, you can you can. It's sometimes you've got to find the line where the director's role, you know, sort of starts and ends. And sometimes there are some directors that that particularly in the early phase of a rehearsal, will talk about backstory. And we'll be able to do some tape, what we call table work, which was all sit. We'll we'll sit around. And we'll talk about the chronological order of things. We'll make sure the timeline is intact. We'll talk about each character's backstory, why they're there, you know, their relationships. Um, but then there are some directors that that say, well, that's the actor's job. That's the actor's job. You know, I can set up this sort of loose framework, or I can set up these dots, but it's really over to you to join the dots or to colour in between the lines, you know, and to show me um, those choices, you know. And then the director can sort of say yes or no and can shape those choices depending on the story they want to tell. So, so look, I, I, tend to, I tend to do that a little if the actor asks me to, um, but quite often... I'll sort of set up the framework and say, okay, over to you now, because I feel like it's important to give actors that responsibility, you know, and to get them thinking outside the box, not just a director dictating to them what they need to be thinking and who they are, and that they can have, actually have some ownership over it, because mm. I think that then that is reflected on stage. Has there been anything in the script when you've read it and when you brought it to the room or the stage that you thought, oh, surprise? I think we're making discoveries all the time, you know, um, 
I even had a, you know, someone asked me yesterday after 118 performances, tonight's our 119th, 119th performance. Congratulations. Um, someone said to me, who was, who's on the show, said, you know what, can I ask you a question? I've never understood what that means, what that line means. And sometimes you think, mm, well, I think I know what it means, but let's have a conversation about it. So we did. And by the end, they were like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think, you know, we're always forever making discoveries about things. There were certainly, certainly moments in the show in, in its infancy where I had to question what that was or what that meant. Because it's very important, particularly if you're going to be a travelling director with a show, that you are across the detail. Mm. You really need to, know, need to know every nook and cranny. Um, so that it's so really so it's clear so it's clear for the audience that are watching so we've got to have that clarity and clarity only comes about if you know every direction so so yeah but I, but having said that I think we're still we're still discovering and I think that's the beauty the beautiful thing about a show like this or any show really that you should never stop you should never stop discovering you know and asking questions you know. Is it true that when you take a show to a different city, some jokes may land or some moments may land completely different oh, to the definitely, audiences? Oh, definitely, definitely. It's so funny. We were talking about this last night. We were talking about, you know, the difference between Melbourne audiences and Sydney audiences and even Brisbane audiences, you know, and what diff you know, different audience reactions to different moments in the show. You know, the Sydney audience love the magic. So the magical tricks that we that we have in this show, they just they just love them and they react and they're vocal. Um, Melbourne, interestingly, are a little bit more reserved, a little bit more conservative. They still love it, but they're a little bit more watch and listen. Uh, whereas Sydney love to engage, they love interacting, they love to you know. Um, and Brisbane, Brisbane also, I think Brisbane and Sydney are sort of not dissimilar where they really love to get involved as well. So Brisbane's always a great time. But, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I, it's a very good question because you do definitely see the, um, the differences between each city. It's, it's fascinating. Uh, the audition process is always a hard one, mm. or a scary one, I should say, for most actors. Do you have any advice for your... Because obviously there will be another project down the line. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for any actors? Um... I just think, you know, what I often say to actors is you've, you've just got to know your unique selling point. You know, you've just got to know what you what you can do and what you can bring um, and, and, and just trust that that's enough, you know what I mean? Um, without trying too hard, without pushing it, um, just come in and be open. Be open to play, be open to interpretation, um, but, but just essentially be yourself. I know that's very cliche, but... Honestly, when you're sitting in a room over and over and over and over again, it's it's really refreshing when you have those actors that walk in and they're just, they're just them, they're authentic selves. And this is what I do. You like it or you or you don't like it, but this is what I do, and and they own it. And um, and so that's probably the best advice I could give. Do you have any advice for learning lines? <laughs> Um, look, as an actor, I used to be an actor myself, and that was my weakness. Learning lines, terrible, terrible. Um, repetition, getting someone else to record the other lines, leaving gaps where you would otherwise have your line, and just, I would brainwash myself over and over. Some people can just look at a script and know it straight away. But I would, 
I would literally have to brainwash myself over and over and over again. Um, that's what I do. I'm sure there are there are better ways to learn lines, but that's that's my uh, that's my take. What about advice? Any advice to get through Tech Week? Remain calm, and even though you might be seething or, or sort of dying inside, <laughs> ensure that the exterior is calm and controlled, because ultimately, you know, your energy will will you know affect other people. You know, you don't want to be stressed or or, or um, seem out of control. You want to make sure that it's it's, it's it, you're always presenting a calm a calm um, figure, and that's what I try to do. You know, I don't try, I don't let anything get on top of me. I just keep it keep it you know moving along, and and and, and you know, constantly checking in with with the various departments to ensure they're okay and that they are heard and listened to. And um, I'm extremely I like to think that I'm extremely collaborative. I like collaboration. I don't like people that aren't collaborative. Um, so I try to be as collaborative as possible. And luckily here we have the most collaborative team. So yeah. it's fantastic. Well, I actually can't wait to see Cinderella. I've heard that it is absolutely fantastic. It's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. So enjoy it. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Luke Joslin, director Thank you. of Cinderella, Rogers and Ham Hammerstein's Cinderella. Cinderella. Indeed. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. This has been Let Me Entertain You, Inside the Minds of Musical Theatre. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe and tell your friends. But most importantly, go and see a show. And quality base here. The Eagle has landed. Nice to be in orbit.